0: Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you. Thanks to our worship team, not only for today uh, and every Sunday, but last, last week with the, uh, the carols service, the creative team, the, um, all of the stylists and everybody else who helped out. It was just a phenomenal day. Thank you. I'm right with my other mic. Okay, awesome. Get that back. Thank you. Thank you to uh, all the connect groups that helped out, to Colleen for putting the teams together and and everybody who helped in all sorts of ways. It was just a a phenomenal time together. So thank you for all of that. It was very, very exciting, I think. Uh, And as we go into Love Week, I know that you're going to be touching people. You're going to be the gift to people uh, as as you go out. So thank you for all of that. Um, Turn to your neighbour and say, you are chosen. And if you're not sitting anybody next to anybody, it shows that you should be sitting next to somebody when you come to church. So, uh, but you are chosen. You are chosen. I, the, the thought of the gift, um, we're talking about this morning, thinking about unwrapping the gift. And, uh, you know, obviously the gift that we're talking about is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ But um, just as we launch into this, I just want to pray. Father, I pray that our hearts would be open and ready to receive the gift that is being given today. Lord, the gift that you are giving to us, in whatever expression and shape that that takes, God, I pray that we would receive from you today what you are offering to us freely and willingly. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk about unwrapping the gift. And I want to talk about the fact that wrapped up in the gift is the gift of friendship. And we're going to see how important the gift of friendship is and how intrinsic it is in what Jesus did when he came to planet Earth. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The indescribable gift is Jesus Christ. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whosoever would believe in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Familiar to all of us. The indescribable gift of eternal life is wrapped up in friendship. I'm hoping today that you will engage in your friendship with Jesus and that out of that, your friendship Your friendship world will be richer for for it. The indescribable gift of eternal life is wrapped up in friendship. The gift of Jesus is the greatest expression of love that we will ever have and ever know. It is God's redemptive plan for all of humanity and reconciles us to Him, our Father. Much of our journey in life is learning to receive the free gift. It's it's quite... um, Staggering how we actually are resistant to receiving the gift that is offered to us so freely. It's learning how to be loved, to enjoy the best that friendship life has to offer. Securing significance that comes from God enables us to be good friends and relate well With other people. So, if we understand the gift that comes from God, it means that we are secure and we recognize our significance. And out of that, we are able to impart and impact other people. And so, our earthly relationships are reflective of what we have received from God through this incredible gift. When we come to know the Holy Spirit as our best friend, then we will never be lonely. And sometimes we find ourselves in a society that is so connected at one level, but there's so much loneliness at another level. And loneliness is the very thing that that, um, God addressed right from the outset when man uh, was uh, created and uh, placed in the Garden of Eden. God made this statement. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be lonely And so when we understand our relationships, the significance of our relationship with God in heaven, then loneliness does not uh, take on the same kind of shape or power or, or containment that maybe it does when we don't understand that. So some of us are facing difficult times right now. You know, 2018 has been a challenging year for many of us. And if you're not facing some now, maybe you will in the future. I don't want to prophesy that, but, you know, it's the nature of life, that things that go, you know, stuff happens in life. And in hard times, it's difficult to remember that God is actually sovereign over everything and that he's actually loving you in the midst of it all. But, um, uh. You know, in the midst of difficult times, we need to be even more aware of the friendships that we need in our lives and that uh, actually the friendships visibly communicate to us and live out God's heart to us uh, with wisdom and encouragement that help us to keep our eyes on the King. So many of us are longing for the perfect earthly friend. The whole history of the world is actually summarized in friendship. Now you might think, wow, that's a pretty broad statement to make. Let me back it up. Jesus is the ultimate friend. His death was an act of friendship. A statement made by T- Tim Keller that I read recently. Let's have a look at John fifteen, thirteen to 17. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends. Just pause and hold that thought. You are God's friends. Jesus is speaking the night before he gets crucified to all of his disciples. He's trying to explain to them what on earth is going on. They're getting more bemused as time goes by. But he's saying to them, you are my friends. I'm here to say to you today that God is saying that exact same thing. You are his friend today. He's sitting around saying to Judas, you are my friend. He's sitting around across the table from Peter saying, you are my friend. Judas, who was going to betray him. And I was reading... uh, earlier that um, Judas had been strategizing and planning the betrayal in fact in Mark chapter 14 it talks about it being a convenient betrayal Judas was doing and scheming and planning all of this and that Jesus is saying to him you are my friend and to Peter who is as enthusiastic as impetuous as any of us but is uh, going to be denying him three times and and all of that kind of thing. He's saying to him, you are my friend. And he's able to say this. Jesus is able to make this statement because he's in healthy relationship with the Godhead, with the Holy Spirit and the Father. He's secure, knows his significance, knows his plan and purpose. So his expression of friendship to people who are about to betray and deny him is that you are my friend. Now, as I think about this, I think that Probably over Christmas, many of us will be sitting across tables from people who have maybe hurt us or betrayed us in the past. Are you and I secure and significant in our relationship enough to be able to say, you are my friend? Because friendship is a choice. It's a friendship is a decision that we make an expression out of who we understand that we are. There is no greater love to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command. Oh, so this is a conditional friendship, is it? I kind of thought about that. I thought, oh, wow. So you're, it's not just unconditional. It's, it's a conditional friendship. But then I've, I realized as I looked down at verse 17, what is the command that Jesus is making? He's saying, love each other. So you are my friends if you love each other. And so I kind of think, well, okay, that's a fairly broad way to express friendship in a sense that, okay, we are his friends if we love each other. And so that means that when I sit across the table from people who have betrayed or denied me or done wrong things by me, I need to be able to dig deep to be able to express love to those people. And so that's going to be the Christmas table for you and I this year that because because we are his friends we can dig deep and love <clears throat> out of that place you are my friends if you do what i command i no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves now you are my friends we've progressed from discipleship and slavery and all of that sort of stuff we've progressed to friendship Again, remember, this is Jesus explaining the night before he dies what, what it's all about. It's about friendship. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. You've been chosen. God chose you to be his friend. Not because of what you've done, but because of who you are, your relationship with him. And so the, the reality that he chose you, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. And so the challenge of friendship is to actually be able to make choices that are contrary to circumstances, but reflect the heart of God towards us. And so when we find ourselves across a difficult table at Christmas time, facing betrayal, facing denial, that we are able to say, I choose you because Christ first loves me. And so I see that this is the the summary of the history of the world in friendship. Because this is what Jesus came to do. He came to enable you and I to be good friends. Friends. To people who don't know how to have good friends. I don't think Judas knew how to have a good friend. He was just using every co- context and relationship for his own ends. And Peter was so insecure that, um, that you know, he just leaped on every opportunity to get acknowledged or recognized. And for you and I, it's like, okay, our security and our significance comes out of who we know we are in God. So let's make friendships a choice. God chose us to be his friends. Friendship, let me throw this one out there, is spiritual warfare. Because you choosing to be a friend with somebody has the power to break the spirit of rejection. Because you are now pushing through a rejection and saying, Well, I choose to be your friend. That breaks the power of the spirit of rejection. I see that as warfare. Breaks the spirit of insecurity that we kind of think, well, what if they reject me? Well, it doesn't matter if they do or they don't. Jesus wasn't worried about his rejection. He wasn't justifying or explaining or qualifying anything. He just said, I choose to love you. Breaks the spirit of insecurity. Breaks the spirit of isolation. When we choose to make friends with people, we break a spirit of isolation. We break the spirit of uh, low self-worth or self-esteem. When we choose to make somebody a friend. I think we've all probably experienced being the the last one not chosen for a team as a kid or whatever. Well, maybe maybe it was just me. I don't know. But (laughs) that feeling of not being chosen. Well, this is the opposite. We've been chosen. And because we've been chosen, we can choose other people out of a healthy, heart-filled place. So make friendships a choice. So why is friendship important? From all eternity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have existed as friends. And they're made in the image of God. That means they are made for friendship. So we have friendship as the initial, ultimate, quintessential, eternal relationship. Friendship. And so because of that, we've been made in the image of God. We're made for friendship. The enemy wants to come across our friendships and destroy them because that's what he does. See, the thing about friendship, it was never created. It was always there. It just had to be entered into. For you, for you and I, friendship is part of the eternal nature of God. And when we are engaging in friendship, we're reflecting the heart of God. There has never been a time in all eternity when friendship hasn't been around. Because the, the Godhead exists in friendship. And so friendship is not created, it's entered into. And you and I can enter into it. You and I are created in God's image, which means we were created for friendship. That's why we want friends. That's why friendship is so important. And that's why God created Adam. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. Um, Let us make man in our image, said one of the, the, the Trinity to to the, to the others and um, because we're made in the image of God it wasn't good for Adam to be alone so he needed a friend needed a friend and so whether or not you're introvert or extrovert doesn't make any difference we are created for friendship created for relationship Jesus gives us a glimpse into what a God friendship looks like when we look at uh, what happened for Adam when he was alone in the garden, it's kind of like, well, how could he be alone? He was created by God. But, it, but there was a sense in which it wasn't fulfilled yet. And, and so um, Tim Keller makes this statement. He says, a true friend is someone who always lets you in and never lets you down. Always lets you in and never lets you down. So uh, that's Jesus to us. And because of that, we can be that to other people. We can be that friendship example to other people so here's some thoughts around friends and friendship real friends are scarce in our in our world we're probably not gonna have a lot of really close friends i I have a friend of um over 50 years i can remember meeting him i was um he was an eight-year-old immigrant kid with a funny name and he was walking to school and i was an eight-year-old immigrant kid with a funny accent walking to school. And we bumped into each other on Moringa Road, heading towards Forestville Primary School. And uh, to this day, we are still friends. We've kind of walked through many of life's stuff together. We've stood side by side with each other at our weddings. We've stood at the graveside with each other, burying loved ones. We've uh, stood side by side confronting life-threatening sicknesses we stood side-by-side and celebrated the birth of babies and children we stood side-by-side through financial challenges and that kind of thing we've stood side-by-side in seasons of revival and seasons of wilderness wanderings and uh, uh, we've waved each other off I waved him off as an 18 year old when he went and joined the navy he waved me off when I left school and went to become a jackaroo we've Walked through life together over 50 kind of years. We traded. We were competitive and played in the same teams and we competed against each other in teens. We uh, fought each other as boxers. Didn't last very long, but because um, he got a pair of boxing gloves for Christmas and so he gave me the left-handed one. He had the right-handed one and we had a, a single boxing match. And it just took one right from him to hit my nose and that was the end of that but you know 50 years plus of friendship friends are scarce the thing about friends is they stand side by side it's different it's different to lovers I'm going to do a practical demonstration here you know how I'm good at this so I'm going to get Ben and Emily who I so they are they are um Okay so these guys are getting married in February which is awesome yeah put you, put your books down I'm going to So okay now Matt I need you for this one as well okay No 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 you don't need to punch anybody or throw anybody okay so just stay there Okay so Ben you come here Emily you go and stand next to Matt and pretend Matt is your father okay So we're going to we're going to do a wedding rehearsal right We're doing a Reading, wedding rehearsal So I don't know, is that what's going to be happening? Probably, I'll be teased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay don't, don't, get too in, don't get too engaged in it at the moment. Okay, yeah. we're just quiet. Okay, so so at this point in time, uh, Emily's dad is walking Emily down the aisle, and it's face to face, face to face. Come on, a bit quicker maybe. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to take that long. Okay, so then, okay, you'll step back, and uh, you'll take Emily's hand. Okay, Emily, come up and stand next to Ben, okay, so we're going to stand next to Ben, like, yeah, like that, Yeah, face, facing me, facing me, facing me, okay, they're, they're not, they're not all ready, you're facing me too, okay, next to Emily, okay, so you're holding a bunch of flowers, so you're standing side by side, right? So we go through, you know, how beautiful does the bride look and how handsome is the groom and the bride's father, wasn't he, didn't he do a good job and all these kind of things. So we'll do all of that, right? Okay. And then we get to the, the part where we start to exchange vows. So up until this point in time in life, you guys have been walking side by side. But there comes a moment when you'll hand the bouquet to your bridesmaid and you'll take hands and face each other. And at this point in time, you're no longer side by side. You will be, and this is why we have a three-foot rule in church, okay? So, so that uh, from this point in time, so this is, this, we're in the future now. Okay, so I'm not giving you permission for anything here other than. So, so friends walk side by side, lovers face each other, a face to face, and so at the point in time where you exchange vows and you look at each other's eyes and you commit your lives to each other from this day forward, then you become lovers. And so that's why the free foot rule applies <laughs> until the 16th of February, very late in the evening, okay? So side by side, your friends, face to face, your lovers. All right, thanks, guys. You can sit down. There. It's going to be a fun wedding, but we walk through life side by side with, with friends, and um, it becomes a very important thing. So real friends are scarce. You know, I've had the, the I mean, the joy of a, of a friendship is when, when you walk side by side and then you become face to face, which is the journey that Deb and I have enjoyed for so, so many years. And... Um, But real friends are scarce. And real friends are scarce because most of us are so insecure we actually can't invest into the friendship that God puts in front of us. The other thought is that real friends are refreshing. So my friend of 50 years, uh, he uh, drifted away from God for a while when he joined the Navy and then he came back out of the Navy. He got miraculously discharged and all that sort of stuff. And then, So back in 1976... 1976, yeah, this dates me a little bit. But he came and knocked on my door. Hadn't seen each other for a while. And he had a record, uh, and record, you know, vinyl with a yep. cover on it and all that kind of... Thing. Who, know, who can remember records? Okay, yeah, so all the people at the back. <laughs> so, so he came with a record. It was an Eric Clapton record. We were both Eric Clapton fans. And uh, it was um, the title of the record was um, Hello, Old Friend. And he said, I want to put this, the title track on and play it to you. And so we go in, sit down by the record player, puts the record on and goes, the song goes, you probably know it, Hello, old friend, it's really good to see you again. You know, friendships can be refreshing when you walk through the challenges that, that life throws at you. C.S. Lewis made this statement, friendships, uh, Friendship is born at the moment one person says to another, what you two? It's like, I didn't know you th- thought like that. I didn't know that was the way you, you responded or reacted, or that was what you liked. And um, I thought I was the only one. That's kind of the definition of friendship for C. S. Lewis, but he actually goes on to say, um, the next best thing uh, to being wise one, uh, with one, uh, being wise oneself is to live in a circle of those who are wise. And so we find ourselves in friendship circles that actually shape us and, um, and shift us. And he said, "Is there C.S. Lewis also made this statement, is there any pleasure on earth as great as a circle of Christian friends by a good fire? Proverbs 27 verse 9 says this, Just as lotions and fragrance give essential delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. I want to invite you today to be the sort of person that, it, that offers a sweet friendship to someone and sees it through. Friendships are refreshing. Real friends are refreshing. Real friends are scarce. Another thought, real friends make us better. John Lennon said famously, I'll get by with a little help from my friends. Henry Ford said, your best friend is the one who brings the best out in you. Proverbs 27, 5, and 6 says this, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Friendly wounds, wounding kisses. Are we able to discern between the two? Say somebody saying something to you that is a, a friendly wound, or or, or you t- treating it as a, as a wounding kiss? Um, you know, most of us, as I've talked about, have experienced the betrayal of, um, of a so-called friend. So what are we going to do with that? How are we going to manage that? Jesus knew the betrayal of a wounding kiss. You know, when, when this scripture was written, this, Psalm, uh, this proverb in 27, um, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, I, I wonder if David was picturing Jesus being kissed by Judas. Judas in that sense of defeat and betrayal, convenient betrayal. The kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So, But the thing about it is, as I've already said, Jesus befriended the betrayer. He didn't change the way he related. Jesus, his way of relating to the betrayer wasn't determined by the betrayer's response. It was determined by who he was in God. And so for you and I to have that inner resolve, that strength, that courage, that fortitude, that security, that affirmation to be able to depend. It doesn't matter how other people behave. I will still behave in a right sort of a way. Becomes part of what makes us better as real friends. There will be times when we have to rise above betrayal. And so are we going to do that? Are we going to be strong enough to do that? Proverbs 27:17 says this. We're talking about friends making us better. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. You know, it's, it's like it doesn't... It's not necessarily always going to be easy, but it is about people standing stand together and bring the best out of each other. Real friends make us better. They bring the best out of each other. Proverbs 28, 23 says, In the end, people appreciate honest criticism, Far more than flattery. And uh, Proverbs 29 verse 5 says, To flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. I see in this world today a lot of flattery going on. I hear it. And I I see people saying things that they think will endear them to people. But it's actually not true. It's just flattery. And so we need to be careful with the words that we use. We need to uh, be Uh, wise and discerning in the choice of things that we communicate. Because to flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. And so real friends make us better. And so when we understand the rebuke of a friend that uh, is actually helping us, it will make us better people. This is the gift that we're unwrapping at the moment, is this gift of friendship that was modeled by Jesus and has been entrusted to you and I to communicate to the world Real friends make us better. Are we able, as friends, to make other people better? Here's another thought. Real friends remain faithful. Proverbs 18.24 One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The, the, the difference between friendship and brotherhood is you actually choose the friendship. You don't choose your brother, your blood brother. You're born into that, but the friendships are chosen. And so that becomes a very, very powerful reality. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. And so we we kind of are in this place where we're not just fair-weather friends, but we're friends in adversity as well. Because Jesus has chosen us to be his friend, that gives you and I the ability to be vulnerable. We actually don't need to pretend to be something that we're not. Um, but But we're not afraid to open ourselves up to people either. Because someone more important than them saw it all and accepted us, we're not afraid of them exposing a broken part because he has promised not just to accept us, but to fix that broken part. So Jesus knows our flaws and he's working on that with us. And as we, as we uh, express our heart of friendship to other people, then, then something shifts in them as we do that. And we can do that out of our humanity, out of our frailness, not because we're perfect, but because we have been chosen. Because we know what it is to be valued as a friend. You can impress people with your strengths, but you'll only connect with them through your weaknesses. It's like vulnerability and authenticity connect us in friendships. True friendship is born by connecting over shared weaknesses and then we can move together. It's like, oh, I didn't know you were like that too in that whole conversation. So f- so the gift that we're unwrapping this morning is the gift of friendship. It's the gift that has shaped history. It's the gift that is for you and I, the thing that enables us to add value to people rather than just being a consumer of other people's uh, expression towards us. The night before Jesus Christ died, he was desperately trying to convey to his disciples what he was about. The night before he died, he talks to them about friendship We read that in John 15. That's what that is all about. It's all about friendship. The closest, most intimate of connections that we can have on planet Earth. In John 15, Jesus says, I'm laying down my life for my friends. And when he said that, suddenly the whole history of the world could be understood with regard to friendship. Jesus laid his life down for his friends Because of that, you and I can be friends to other people. We can help unwrap the gift of friendship and offer it to other people. God walked with Adam in the cool of the garden. Walking was a Hebrew metaphor for friendship. God made us for friendship. And so when we walk together, side by side, we're built for friendship. When we come to the Father through Jesus... Who, we, who was once far off, has been brought near through Jesus' blood. We're no longer called an enemy of God, but a friend. That's what connecting us with God is all about. Jesus on the cross actually lost his friendship with God so that you and I could gain a friendship with God. He was abandoned and, and sent to the very depths of hell itself. So that you and I can enjoy a friendship with God. That's what it really means to be a Christian, is to accept Jesus as our best friend. That's as simple as it is. That's as simple as it comes. So, my question to you today are you Jesus' friend? Maybe, maybe you've said yes to him in days gone by, but maybe in realizing that there's probably a depth to my walk with Christ that is not reflecting a true friendship here. As I was preparing this, I've been convicted in my own heart around certain things in life that kind of want to taint the way that we engage with people. So the big question is, are you Jesus' friend? You may be religious, But has he ever become your friend? That's what it really means to be a Christian, to become Jesus' friend. It's not just about coming to church. It's actually about being Jesus' friend. He's not just looking for servants who will obey and be scared of him. He actually wants to take the relationship beyond that. But it's almost like that's the gateway into the friendship. But he's looking for friends who will love And walk with him. True Christianity is not about obeying rules. But entering into relationship. He will be our friend. If we'll obey his command. And that command is to love one another. And to love other people. I've got to know how to be a good friend. It's kind of like a cyclical. Sort of thing. And so. I want to learn to be the sort of friend. That Jesus. Came to be this Christmas. As we unwrap. The gift of friendship in this Christmas season. I want to encourage you. We talked about the gift being given unconditionally in communion. It was a great communion reflection. Thanks, Christy. And the song was beautiful. That sense of, of it's given to us. I think for you and I, if we can position and posture ourselves that we're in this place of giving, not out of anything other than what Christ has given us, then we are offering a purest form of friendship to those that are in our world. And so is our friendship empowering our spiritual warfare? Because there are a lot of people who are dealing with rejection. There are a lot of people in our world that that suffering from the pain of rejection right from the day they were born. And you and I, by offering friendship, by making a choice, can actually shift that. Is he empowering our spiritual warfare through friendship with him today? Can he count on you and I as we rely on him? uh, Are we shifting the perspective that we can only be in healthy friendship because we have more to give than, more than, than, than what we're looking to receive. That becomes the power of it. Well, maybe for you this morning, maybe there's been a Judas kiss that has so wounded you that you don't know what to do with it and you can't move past it. Maybe this morning, as we just talk and think and reflect and let the Scripture Soak into us. Maybe that, scent, maybe that convenient betrayal that you've been a victim of is something that, that you need to just let go and say, okay, God, just like Jesus did on the cross. He said, forgive them, God. They don't know what they're doing. Half the time, people that are betraying us don't know what they're doing. They actually don't realize it. And you and I need to be big enough to rise up on the inside and push past that. Heavenly Father, right now in this place, I thank you, God, as we unwrap the gift of friendship this Christmas through your son, Jesus. Lord, may the truth that you have chosen me be a reality for each and every one of us this year. And because of that, because of that truth, and because that is real to us we are then able to offer friendship to other people to situations and circumstances that we see are needed. Heavenly Father, I pray for those of us here today who have been betrayed by a Judas kiss. God I ask that you administer deep into our wounded souls today with the healing grace of God. God help us see beyond that help us Lord, just as Jesus, he didn't seek to justify or explain or do anything other than be obedient. Father, help us be obedient to the call that you have placed upon us to love one another. And Lord, as we do that, may our friendship with you deepen and become more strong and real than it has ever been. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Right now in this place every eye closed and head bound. If you don't know Jesus as your friend and Savior this morning, just shoot your hand up so I can see it because I would love to help make the introduction to the best friend that you will ever have. Who here today needs to make that decision? Thank you God. Thank you God. Thank you God. Father I pray for each and every one of us in this place. God, as we unwrap that friendship gift today, that it would apply to our hearts and lives in a way and a depth that we've never experienced before. I thank you, God, that history hinges and swings on the power of friendship, of Jesus choosing us to be his friend. God, because of that, I pray that our relationships are the richer for it, that our uh, wisdom and discernment guides us as we move forward and engage with people, and that, Lord, we can make a difference to other people this Christmas because you are our friend, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen.